Lord's house. Good to see each of you here. And let's let's uh, let's just thank the Lord for His presence here also today. Uh, today is the day that we recognize the men and women who have given that ultimate sacrifice in the defense of our nation. And so we want to do that, don't we? Thank those men and women who gave the ultimate sacrifice of their life in military service. At the same time, I'd like for anyone who has been in military service of any branch to please stand. We want to honor you too. Would you stand? Amen. God bless you. Amen. Thank y'all. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, I've been pastor here for a few years, and I remember uh, back in the day, an enormous group of men and women, mainly men, would stand up. But uh, we're losing our vets, aren't we? They're, they're going on uh, in through death. So uh, we are thankful for those who have, who, have, who have served. Amen. For those who have served. Uh, give, get you an update. You, uh, you'll hear these rumors coming out this week that, uh, about the eagle, the, the New Salem eagle down here on the north side of the entrance down here. Uh, Thursday night, Two deputies knocked on my door, and they, uh, you know, I don't know why I know this, but they don't knock with their hand. They always use some, some they peck on your door, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and uh, I come to the door, and they say, are you affiliated with New Salem Baptist Church? I said, I sure am. They said, someone has stolen the eagle. And so someone had, had stolen the eagle. Now, uh, they saw two white trucks. One had blue headlights and a black Mustang, okay? That's who did it. They brought it back, okay? They brought it back, and I'm going to give my thoughts because I'd heard rumors. I was, I don't remember who, but I'm at the graduation somewhere, and I heard something about had it ever been stolen, and uh, I so I'm knowing it's a prank, uh, and and I want to say to those young men in that prank, hey, if you get busted, it ain't over with yet. Uh, and you need to come apologize, right? Amen. I mean, let's, let's carry this prank out all the way. And we're not going to, I don't want to ruin someone's life. Do you? No, I don't want to do that. But I, I'd, like to, I'd like for this game to go a little further. So I also want to thank, uh, I really bothered me when it was gone. But when it came back, it, it really made me feel good. I want to thank uh, the guys who put it up yesterday, uh, Ronnie and Philip. They had the tools and everything. Ronnie, thank y'all and Philip for putting it up. Yeah, we can give them a hand. Yeah. And uh, just one other, do the paperwork here. We sang the song, All Ye Sinners Sang. Y'all know, that's a good song, isn't it? Now that thing, uh, I did an edit on that song, and we put the word reclaimed rather than stolen. You notice Rodney saying stolen the first time through. So I am going to apply for whatever money I should be getting because my version will last until Jesus comes because Adam lost the keys to death. He gave them up. Jesus didn't steal them. He reclaimed them. Amen. So... If those guys want to call me up and give me my royalties, I'm really excited about that prospect. You know, John Lennon's song, Imagine, I edited it too. 
I have a great version of Imagine that I could do at a karaoke for you sometimes. And it, it takes all... It takes all the stupid stuff out of it, and I'm talking about stupid stuff. How many know the song? It's loaded with stupid stuff, but I, 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 I redeemed that song. And I really hope and think that he got saved before he passed. Have you ever heard that? I really, I really believe, believe he did. He called up one of the tele, television programs and prayed to receive Christ. And, uh, he, you know, if you'll look at his life, you'll see a man searching for truth. And you'll find a man that's been altered by, by drug use. But uh, anyway, I hope to see him in heaven. Uh, I'm going to tell him my version better than yours. But you, you are the originator. You are the originator. All right, now let's go to something that we know is true. Let's go to the Bible. Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20, verse 6. 1 through 6. And... Uh, I'm just so glad to be saved. I'm so, so glad to know the Lord is my Savior. God is good. Now, what happened? God is good. Amen, all the time. Chapter 20, verse 1, it says, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand and he laid hold of the dragon that old serpent which is the devil and Satan whatever you call him right and he bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled and after that he must be loosed a little season. And let me tell you what that tells us. There's a bunch of stuff we don't know much about. When he's loosed for a little time after that, wow, what's going to take place? Verse 4, saw thrones and they sat upon them and judgment was given unto them and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Now, just to give you a little uh, information, editing, John had written about those that were beheaded and not worshipped the beast during the tribulation time. And, and they had not received the mark on their foreheads or in their hand and he says those will live with Christ for a thousand years and they will be included with those of us who are saved it is our belief and we need to research that a little more detailed that we will be here for a thousand years you might want to back that up with scripture verse 6 blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection now there's what we're going to teach on today the first resurrection. I want you to understand this terminology. How many remember when I taught on the firstborn? Remember teaching a few weeks ago on Jesus being the firstborn? It doesn't mean that he was born first. That doesn't mean it's a, it's a term giving authority to Christ that he is the firstborn. He is the one in authority. And you could say the same thing about this 
is the first resurrection. It is the title of a resurrection that many will be a part of, and if you are saved, you will be a part of the first resurrection. Blessed, verse 6, and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection, on such the second death has no power. How many remember in the evangelism days of hearing, uh, if you get saved, you die once. If you don't get saved, you die twice. Anybody here and heard that term? You know, we get away from those evangelistic appeals anymore, which is a shame. But he here says, the second death. If you are a Christian, you're going to die once and live twice. And actually, if you really get serious, you go to John 11. He that liveth and believeth on me shall what? Never die. I'm not dying. I'm, not, I'm just moving on. You are not going to die. You're going to just move out of the body into the presence of Jesus. What a wonderful, you know, all great tunnels and all this. Nope. Immediately in the presence of Jesus. I, I've been with, with two people who have died reaching up to heaven and said, Lord Jesus, I, I don't know what that was telling me, but I like what I saw. And I've heard of others saying the same thing. So, the second death has no power over the Christian, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. You know, when I get there to be with Jesus, I'm going to say, Lord, you got anything you need me to do? He's going to say, no, I don't need you to do nothing. I'm here if you ever need me. <laughs> he don't need me, does he? He says, we will rule, we'll reign with him a thousand years. Hey, we're just going to enjoy being children of the king during the thousand-year reign of Christ. Chapter 21, the great chapter and I, John says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. A sea was an obstacle at the time. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem. New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven, a great voice out of heaven, saying, Behold! The tabernacle, our body, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, shall be with them and be their God. And God, God Almighty, God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, write, for these words are true and faithful. Do you trust the Lord Jesus Christ? We trust him. He said, These are true and faithful words. He spoke those words. To John. I like that. Lord, thank you for your promise. Thank you for your word. There's so much in this, I'm telling you. I want to speak today, though, basically on, on the first resurrection. Which you are a part of if you are a Christian. And, you know, the older I get, the more excited I get. 
about the first resurrection because I know more about pain. I know more about sorrow. I know more about uh, troubles. And I'm looking forward to someone taking me out of all these things. The Lord Jesus Christ. One of the greatest blessings of life is the promise of a reunion with those that we love. This last weekend, we acknowledge one of our great friends passed on this weekend. I'm looking forward to seeing that gentleman again one day in heaven. I'm looking forward to seeing my parents. And I'm looking forward to seeing my grandparents and many, many others. And you can name them. I don't want to take the time to do it. But there's someone in your mind and heart that you think of when you think about you'd love to see them again. And there's so many. So many. You know, God is good, isn't he? I was telling in our basic study this morning in our group, I said, you know, uh, you don't have a problem that won't be resolved in 40 or 50 years. And for me, it's not going to be that long. And to look at some of you, it, ain't, it may be any moment. <laughs> now, that is a great promise. What would, what would life be? Now, I don't know where you're coming from, but my Lord, I'd hate to be an atheist. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't it? Man, how sad. You know, they have Atheist Day you know, on the calendar. April the 1st. April Fool's Day. That's, that's the day they celebrate uh, Atheist Day. But what a blessing it is to know that the promise is there that God said we will be reunited. And not only that, let me share this. You, some of you have a loved one that's not been long ago they passed. But, but not only that, he shall wipe away all the tears from our eyes. You know, just like a computer, you, you know, some people can clean them up and all you got left is the good stuff and, and all the junk is gone. He's going to wipe away all the tears from our eyes. He's going to go into our mind and clean us up. All the things that burden you, all the things that have broken you, all the things that you've done that you are hindered with, all going to be wiped away. Now, the great resurrection, the first resurrection, it's there in verse, chapter 20, verse 6. He says, blessed and holy. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Blessed we're going to be and holy we're going to be is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with Jesus, him a thousand years. will be priests, will reign for a thousand years with him. And, and apart from some people's thoughts, Jesus is going to rule for a thousand years on the earth. Rule and reign with him. I don't know where people come up with these ideas that we're going to usher in all this. Jesus is going to handle it all. He's going to be here. He's going to be Lord of all. And uh, God created, in, in chapter 21, he said he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth someday. Wow. Now the provisions of that, a new heaven, a new earth, a new capital city. Why, all these are all messed up. All, every major city becomes a Babylon before they're over with. They become a Babylon. Babylon set the stage for what happens in, in, in major metropolitans and ruling cities in the world. They become Babylon. So don't be surprised if you don't hear that about Washington, New York, L.A., whatever. All of them go the same way of Babylon because they're run by men and women, and we are corrupt. Now, he says there'll be no tears. What a great provision. 
No death, no more sorrow, no pain. All the former things are going to pass away. And we'll be righteous then. We won't sin anymore. Wow. A new city with 12 gates of pearl. When I was a kid, I always thought about a bunch of pearls and on a gate. No, and you know, swinging gate. No, one big pearl is going to roll open and roll shut. That's what I believe. 1,500 square. Wow. 22. Let's look at 22. He says, uh, in, uh, that'd be in chapter 21. He said, And I saw a no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. Jesus is going to be there. And verse uh, 23 and, he, and the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. You know, who thought up the ideal of using a sun and the planets? It was God, right? He said, I, I got a better idea than that. I'll just be there myself, and I'll be the light of that city. That's going to be wonderful. That's better than the LED, right? So the provisions of the first resurrections. Uh, but you say, preacher, where are people now that, that are Christians, those that died? 2 Corinthians 5.8. You might want to shoot that up there for us, David. Uh, where, where are they that are saved? Let's see what the Bible says there in chapter 5, verse 8. We're confident, I say. He says, we're confident, I say, and willing, rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Now, Paul would be deceiving us if that's just a generalized thought. He would be deceiving us, leading us to believe something untrue. He said, be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. He didn't want to go sleeping. He didn't want to go sleep for a while. He wanted to be in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I believe when you die, you're dead. Well, if you die and you're dead, you're not dead. You're in hell or heaven. You're either with the Lord or you're in the absence of the presence of the Lord. The, di the body dies, but the soul lives on in one of two places. The soul will live forever in the presence of the Lord or, as it said of the rich man, and in hell he lifted up his eyes. Hell is a reality. It hasn't cooled off a bit. It's still as hot as it was when we used to hear the hot sermons about it. It's still a reality that people without Christ must face. Now, you know what? You are taught. You are taught, and it's a good thing to get along with everybody that disagrees with you. It's a great thing to get along. It's good. But we are taught that every man's religion is just as valuable as the other man's religion. Let me tell you something. That leaves all religion waste. Somebody's right and somebody's wrong. I'm willing to take the gamble on Jesus. The Word of God. I'm not basing what I believe on what I think, what some man said. I'm basing what I believe on what God has said. Now, you need to love people that disagree with you and have some other God. You can, you can get along with them people and love them all the way, but it's not pluralistic. It's not everybody's on the same level. Somebody's right and somebody's wrong, and shame on you if you're right and don't declare it. You're, you're, you're damning people to hell. If you say, well, their religion's just as good as ours. Ours is not even a religion, is it? It's a revelation of God to man. And you don't get to heaven by religion. You get to heaven by the blood of Christ that was shed for our sins. 
Amen. I'm looking forward to that. The soul, the consciousness part of us, going to be reunited with the body someday. The soul will come up. The body will be raised in the first resurrection. The body sleeps, decays, goes away. But the soul of the saved will be reunited with the a body that's recreated by God. I was watching a clip, uh, I'm not going to call his name, one of the great atheists that died now. He, all, By the way, he's not an atheist anymore. He woke up to some reality when he died. But uh, he was making fun of people being raised from the dead. And I don't know why someone didn't say to him, you know, if you accept that God created the heaven and the earth, you don't have any problem with God raising a dead body. If he did that, he can easily do that. Follow that logic? So, the soul of the saved will be raised in a new body, incorruptible, 1 Corinthians. Uh, to say that the soul disappears at death, it, it's impossible because God said it lives forever. All the deeds are recorded in that soul. Right in your soul. All your life is recorded. You say, Preacher, I don't recall it. Well, God can. The soul keeps a record of deeds. And it's not annihilated. It's not annihilated. It's, it's kept forever. No one dies soul. Their soul never dies. They're in one of two places. Everlasting death, the second death. See, the first death happens. The second death lasts forever. Now, a person says, so sleep. Our loved ones are not sleeping. Their body is in the ground. Their body is in hell. And you talk about, talk about uh, soul sleep and all that stuff, and, and you talk about the reality of hell. To question the reality of a place of torment, a place of suffering, where it's at least like fire in the sense that there's torment of, of the flame, right? To question hell is to question the honesty and integrity of the Lord Jesus Christ, who talked more about hell than any other person. So don't tell me. And oh, preacher, if y'all just eliminate that idea of hell, you'd become more believable by the heathen. Hey, we don't need to be more believable by the heathen. The heathen need to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't insult God. The God who sent his son to die on a cross, that simple plan. Don't insult him by thinking that there's any any other way to get to heaven. If there was, he would have done it the other way. You've got to remember the holiness of God, the righteousness of God, demanded that our sins had to be cleansed. And only the blood of Christ cleanses of sin. He died 2,000 years ago, and his blood is forever flowing in the sense, if you believe, you can be saved and forgiven and go to heaven. Now, the soul of our loved ones are in the presence of the Lord, their body in the grave or wherever it may not even be found. The provisions, the promise. Look at the promise with me. I want you to turn to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. 
verse, uh, verse 9. I, I, I remember discovering uh, the Acts 1, the reference to, the, to Jesus ascending back into heaven, many years after I discovered the, the ones in the back of the Gospels. But actually, Acts chapter 1 is a continuation of Luke's Gospel, isn't it? Right? They're back-to-back books, right? Luke is the writer, so he included it in, in chapter 1, or in the first part of, of Acts. We don't want to put a chapter mark on it. But he says in verse 9, And when he had spoken these things, Jesus, while he beheld, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus. This same Jesus. Make sure you don't believe in another Messiah, right? Because this same Jesus. And if you're lost and the Lord comes in the rapture and you're here, there's going to be another Jesus. Another Messiah. Don't believe on him. This same Jesus that went up 2,000 years ago, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. During the tribulation time, there's going to be the revelation of the Antichrist. All the symbolism there is teaching us that he is a Messiah-like, but he is an Antichrist. So if you're lost and the Lord comes tonight, you know, just keep that in your mind, would you? I'm sorry, I'm afraid you might be under a strong delusion. By the way, if you don't get saved today, you may already be under a delusion. Now let's look at 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 4.13. Okay, I hope you got your Bible with you where you can mark this stuff. But I would not have you to be ignorant... I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. The Christian, we sorrow at the death of a loved one, right? If they know Christ, we sorrow. But not like others that have no hope. Verse 14, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which also sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Job, I'm going to read you from Job. I've got to take you back to Job, the oldest book. Job 19, verse 25. He says, For I know that my Redeemer liveth. Job said it. I know that my Redeemer is alive, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. That was 2,000 years ago, right? And then he's going to do it again. I don't know which reference you're talking about there, Job. You so long ago. And he says in verse 26, and though after my, for though after my skin worms destroy this body, let the worms have the body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Job's expecting a resurrection, isn't he? He said, in my flesh I shall see God, verse 27, whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold and not another, Oh, my reins be consumed within me. So I'm going to be destroyed. The worms are going to have my flesh. I'm going to decay physically in the grave. My soul is going to live forever, but I'm going to stand again in a body, 
and be with the Lord someday. I like to believe like Job. How about you? You believe what you want to. I'm going to believe with Job. I'm going to live again someday with Jesus. If I die tonight, I'm going to raise again and I'm going to live with... You need that hope. Okay. i got other references, Job, but I don't have time. But everyone will be raised. John 5, we won't turn there. But uh, John 5, 28 and 29 say there's going to be a resurrection of the saved and a resurrection of the unsaved. Okay? And so they're not going to be together. Some people have a general idea that there's going to be one resurrection. There is not one resurrection. We that are saved have part in the first resurrection. We don't have a part in the last resurrection. Okay? So the saved is going to be resurrected at first resurrection. The unbeliever, the lost, will be raised, will be resurrected at the last resurrection. It's called the resurrection of damnation there in John 5. The resurrection to damnation. The hell is going to empty itself. People are going to be judged. You're going to get your day in court. Let me ask you something. How many want your day in court? I don't. I settled out of court. I surrendered myself to the authorities when I was 10 years old. I said, I give up. I want an advocate. I want a savior. I believe that that Savior died on the cross at Calvary. I trusted Him. I settled out of court. You ought to also. It's going to be too late when you go to court. But that's what they're going to get. They're going to get their day. People that want justice. How many want justice? I don't want justice. I want mercy. Thank you, Lord, for grace. So, let's go back to our Revelation chapter 20, verse 6, where he says, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. Now, chapter 20, verse 12, look at that with me. And I saw the dead. Now, if you believe in Jesus, you shall never die, right? And he said, I saw the dead, small and great. The small people that died without Christ, the great people that died without Christ, great in our eyes. He said, I saw them stand before God, and the books were open. The books got the records. And then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Do you want to be judged according to your works? No. You want to be judged according to His work at Calvary. So that's 12. 14. He said, verse 14, For death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. If you have Jesus and you're a part of the first resurrection, you don't have any part in the second death. Yes. In verse 15, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I hope your name's written down in the book of life. So we have that part of the first resurrection, but not now. Now let's go to my last point. The parts of the first resurrection. I want to cover this. Look with me, 1 Corinthians. Got to go. You, you, how, how many's heard of rightly dividing the Word of God? You have to rightly divide it. You got to figure it out. God's made the Word of God so you search for it like you're searching for hidden treasure. And and you don't know everything, and I don't know everything, and we're not right on everything, but we're to spend our life searching the Scripture. 
And the, the Bereans, they search the Scripture how often? Daily. And that's the way we should do it. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I don't know what chapter I told you, but we're going to 15 verse 20. And now, Paul says, and now is Christ risen from the dead. Okay, so this is written after the resurrection. And become the first fruits of them that slept. Jesus, notice, Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Verse 21, And since by man cometh death by man, cometh also the resurrection of the dead. And as Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, Christ the first fruits, Christ the first fruits. After that, they that are Christ at his coming. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God, even the Father, even uh, he shall put uh, down all rule and authority and power. I think we can stop right there. Now, you go back to your Old Testament, and you get an illustration of a harvest. In other places, we look at the word harvest. We are a part of the great harvest, aren't we? We've been saved. We're like grain. We're out in the field of the world. And we were harvested. And we were brought into the, into the, 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 the storeroom and kept. You and I were just grain out in the field, but we were harvested. The Holy Spirit, a witness, a soul winner, a preacher, someone won us to Christ, and we were gathered into the storehouse. Now, in the Jewish harvest, there are three parts of the first resurrection. Three parts of the first resurrection. You have the resurrection of Christ and a few saints. Remember they saw saints walking in the streets? We don't know much about what happened there. You know, can I tell you my theory? I've told you all before my theory. Jesus is in that tomb, right? And when that, boom, that resurrection happened to Jesus, every grave around there couldn't help but rise from the dead. So there's people walking the streets with him. So that's the first fruit. Remember the old Jewish harvest. They would take the first fruits to the priest. The first. The first fruits went to the priest. After the first fruits were harvested later, and you know, if you were raised in farming history, uh, then comes the main harvest. There's always back when you didn't pick all the cotton at once. There's a general harvest now <laughs> in the cotton country. But there was a, always a first picking, and then a main harvest. And then there was the gleanings. So the resurrection, the first resurrection, have three parts. There's the resurrection of Christ and a few saints with him. And then the main harvest, which comes when Jesus comes again. When he comes again, the main harvest in the air, he's going to be like a cotton picker. And we're going to be taken up together with Christ to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. I got Bible verses. That's the main harvest. Back when I was a kid, they'd always leave the cotton. They'd leave bowls. There'd be the main harvest, but they'd leave bowls in the field around Christmas time. Daisy, y'all know about, about this down in Arkansas. And, and what they call that, they pull bowls. The, heart, the, the cotton that wouldn't open up, it's, it's a lesser quality, but it's picked. And people, the, the poor, and we were poor, 
we'd pick for our Christmas. That would be our, our Christmas money. We lived uh, hand, hand, hand to mouth, you know, know what I'm saying? And, and let, listen, that was a general, you know where that came from? That came from the Bible. It came from the Bible. The gleaning for the poor. And so here, here, here I want to lay this out. You have Christ raising from the dead 2,000 years ago. You have the main harvest when he comes again in the air. And then you have the gleaning, the resurrection at the end of the tribulation. Now see, there's actually a, a, a resurrection. There's going to be a, a raising up of those in Christ at, before the tribulation begins. And then there's going to be the resurrection of Moses and Elijah in the middle of the tribulation. And then there's going to be the raising of the tribulation saints, those that lost their life, gave their life, and would not take the mark. And all of those that died, died during the tribulation, believing and looking for the Messiah to come, they will be raised and sealed before the actual second coming of Christ. That's the gleanings. Now, the people of the resurrection, verse 6, that's us. That's them. Verse 5 says it also. He says, but the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This we're talking about is the first resurrection. Did y'all see verse 5? I think it's important that you read that with me. Shoot that up on the screen. He said, but the rest of the dead, we're not the dead, lived not again until the, again, until the thousand years were finished. By the way, John is at the end of time. He has been transported from Revelation chapter 1 and he is looking back at history. So you got to get that in your brain or you get confused. He said, And the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. So he's back there. Uh, he's up in history looking back at this. He said, they're not going to be raised until later. He said, can I put it in my words? I'm talking to you about the first resurrection. I'm not talking about you about the last resurrection, or you might call it the general resurrection. Only the blood-bought believer is a part of the first resurrection. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews chapter 9 that it is appointed unto man once to die after this death, judgment. So Christ was once offered for the sins of many. The only way to have a part in that first resurrection that we're wanting to be a part of is by trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior. Jesus I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's victory in Jesus. I encourage you to come and give your life to Christ. If you're trying to get your way to heaven, if you're trying to earn your way to heaven, and you hope that when you die, you hope that God will look at your life and see the good and see the bad and hope the good outweighs the bad and so you get to be with God in heaven. Give it up. Give it up. You're lost like that. There has to be a time in your life that you, you're called by the Spirit of God and He's definitely calling today. And you have to trust Jesus as your personal Savior. I invite you to come to Him and trust Him and be raised with those of us who are saved in the first resurrection. 
O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Going to be lost, isn't it? <laughs> the grave's victory is going to be lost. It's had some of your loved ones for 40 or 50 years. Going to lose, though, because that body's going to raise again. O death, where is thy sting? It's gone. O grave, where is thy victory? It's over. Christ won all the way. Have you trusted Jesus as your Savior? I want to all bow our heads and quietly stand. Susan and Rodney comes and lead us in a song. You know, I'm a pastor. It's my job to teach, and that's what I do a lot of, more than I ever done before. Don't always just preach on I do a little preach and teach. So if you're a Christian, I hope to get you some instruction through today's message. But if you're not a Christian, you need Christ. We invite you to come and and give your heart to Jesus today. We invite you to come. Maybe you want to become a part of this church family. We encourage you to come do that. We encourage you to come be a part of this church. If you just need to repent of sin in your life, we encourage you to come. You got someone you're praying for. We encourage you to come pray for someone. Sing us out now. Just as I am without one thing, but that thy blood was shed for me, and had thou bids me come to thee. Is there any other word before we receive the offering? <coughs>